original investigators believe he murdered her. They yeah. just can't prove it. It's my first initial call to the private investigator working on my dad's case. My wife jumps up from the table and says, God, who is this man coming in the backyard? I divorced him because I couldn't trust him at all. He lied to me at the very beginning. He was living two separate lives. In the water about 30 yards away, and I identified it as it was a person. You are currently listening to Season 2 of Ashes to Ash TV, What Happened to Carolyn Blankenfeld? Episode 18, They'll Think I Killed Her. Bree and I prep for a call in the car. I actually like, got nervous all of a sudden, I, I don't know. know why. I'm actually nervous too, which is, I'm not even making the call. Alright, I need just a second. Yeah. So this woman, we've actually bleeped out her name. She was someone who worked with Chris, but we've been really unable to verify the stories. We've heard from a lot of people, their speculation on what was going on between the two of them. And just a quick reminder of what Nick, Buddy's son, said. Carolyn had, had a, I invited the whole neighborhood out to, for a fish fry and even invited the female that he was talking to to come over, kind of as a, I'm, I'm not stupid. You interpreted her doing that as kind of like, yeah. I know what you're so up to. So it, it's, it, it, that, that's always been a thing in play for a while, apparently. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think it's funny how he called her out for her stuff, but I feel like if you look at it, he was doing the same thing. But I think it's interesting that he pointed a finger at her as if she was doing something wrong. I mean, that was before, well before. And I think that just started the wedge, just driving that wedge. Back in the car, Bree is nervous to make the call. <laughs> she feels the same way you do, I promise you. She's probably like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, she's waiting. She's got her phone like on and next to her. I don't know why I'm so nervous about it. I'm back at one bar. <laughs> Damn it. It's, it's good though, because like I would have ended up losing her if... Yeah. I'd... Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely. Okay, we're back at three. All right, I say just do it. If okay. worst case scenario, I'll tap you, Victoria, if I need you to pull... If I do that, just pull over if she's struggling. Or you can always say I'll call you right back. Okay. Okay. All right, quiet. <sighs> okay, here we go. Hello? Hey, this is Bree. Hi, Bree. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm walking to the break room to get a coffee. So out of respect for this woman, I've altered her voice because I don't think it's really important to, that people need to know who she is. A lot of people to comment about her, so I think it's important that we had a phone conversation with her. And I think you can get, we can get everything we need without people knowing who she is. So we've altered her voice so that people can't tell. Okay. 
You on the road, driving? Uh, yes I am. Okay, yeah, yeah, I just have mine to, I, I didn't want to talk to you, So, what's going on? Well, of course, we're just trying to talk to as many people as we can just to get, like, information that we may not have about my father. I do want to ask you some questions, if that's okay, and if you're not comfortable answering any of them, of course, you don't have to. How long did you work yeah. with my dad? Let me see, maybe over a year, maybe? Well, did my dad ever talk to you about what happened? And I thought that was the reason why you want to talk to me. Um, I, I used to talk to Chris a lot during my divorce. He was a really good friend for me, you know. He used to call me and check on me. Uh, I was always friends with my bosses. We always had a good relationship. Um, and Chris obviously became my friend. But once that, that passed and I followed the past, I was working, I was busy. So I think the last time, we, we kept talking like barely, the beginning of anything. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was around May that Carolyn passed away, right? Was it May? Yes. Or April? Yeah. I was working and one of the guys that worked with me, he texted me and said, have you checked the news? And and I said, no, why? what's going on? You're texting me. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And he told me. So I rushed, I don't remember who I talked from also, but I found out what hostel Chris was because I felt like I haven't talked to him in a while, but last time I talked to him, he said that they were doing good, they were going for therapy, they were finally, you know, getting things working out, and I was happy for him. Oh. And all of a sudden I got this uh, message, so I called the hostel, and I think you were there with him. And I, that's why I thought you remember, because the nurse said only family could talk, and I asked to talk to you, and he, she said my name, and they passed my call straight to Chris. I don't remember if we talked at all, you and me, on the phone. I don't remember. It was a little... Yeah, it was too long ago. There's a lot going on. But I actually spoke with him. What he told me was that they were having a good day on the boat, and the day was beautiful, everything was fine. And they wanted, she didn't know how to swim. And they went in the water. She was wearing a life jacket. And, and then they got off the water. And then, I don't remember if he said, he said that she got upset or she started to drink. I know that he said they had the dog with them. And then, I don't remember if she, he told me that if she fell or if she jumped in the water because if she, was, she was mad at him. Or, I don't remember this. But what I remember is that he's telling me that he didn't know what to do. If he would leave the boat and jump in the water, or just stay in the boat and maneuver the boat, and he decided to jump in the water to rescue her. But the current took the boat away, and the dog would stay in the boat. And he had her, and then I don't know if the current separated them or a wave or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember that he cried a lot on the phone because he said that he could still hear her voice. Mm-hmm. And he would he did not find her, and he tried to find her, he swam, swam, and I don't remember how many hours, he told me how many hours, but I don't remember, and he showed up at somebody's yard uh-huh. with hypothermia, and, and he was crying a lot, and then he, he stated to me, he said, I think they will take a kill her.
to calm down, you're in shock right now. You, you, you have hypothermia, you were nervous, you are in shock, you need to calm down. Say, calm down, put your thoughts, you know, straight, and then you talk to whoever you need to, but you definitely need to the therapy, you know? Yeah. confide in you about problems with his marriage with Carolyn? Exactly. So I'm not going to judge nobody. 
I'm not going to. I spoke with some of the technicians and they're all like, yeah, because everybody thinks I'm like, I don't care what everybody thinks. And it's not because he's my friend. It's because he's a human being and he deserves to be proved, you know? He deserves that somebody needs to come and prove before I put the thing on his face. Yeah. If I think everybody uses the history of his ex-wife or his, his, I don't know if he had an ex-wife, but the, the previous marriages, and I think that it's not fair to do it. I mean, nobody knows exactly what happened, right? Yeah. So people are judging. That's the only thing that upsets me. Now, conducting investigation, I think, is fair enough. I think everybody needs to have closure. And he's, like I said, he's my friend, right? Mm -hmm. But if he did something wrong, he's going to have to pay for it. Yeah, I, I agree. But there's just a lot that doesn't add up. So in the end, I am looking for justice for Carolyn, because she does deserve that. Everybody, I mean, uh, that was that was tragic. I tell you that I imagine I saw you, I saw your mom a couple of few times at all. I think she right when I joined, she stopped working, delivering. I think she delivered PPE mm -hmm. beginning when I was working there. So I saw her. I remember when I saw her the first time. I made a comment to Chris about your wife. She's beautiful. She's full. I love her tattoos because I have tattoos. I love tattoos. Mm -hmm. And and then we went to the Fourth of July. She invited me and to go to their house. I think she wanted to meet me, obviously, because, I mean, your husband has a friend that is a woman. She, of course she wants to meet me. She wants to know who I am, and then that's there. I will do the same. And she met me, and she met the kids, and she met and, I, and she was always very nice to us. And I, I mean, to me, you cannot tell that they have problems, you know? It was a happy day. Yeah. I think you, were, I think you showed up there that day, 4th of July of... 18, I think? Yeah, I no, did. 17, 17, 17, because 18 already divorced. In our interview with Rebecca, Chris and Carolyn's neighbor at the time, she said... At the 4th of July party, I thought it was a little strange because I was hanging outside with the kids and I was, you know, there was a lot of drinking going on and everything else. And I started talking to and she was telling me that she was actually invited by Carolyn and that she felt very uncomfortable there and everything. And Carolyn was acting very... Very, it was just very chaotic, very mm -hmm. chaotic, the way that Carolyn was talking about it. And I was coming out of the bathroom and I heard Carolyn and Buddy talking. And that's when I first got the hint that something was going on as far as it was between Chris and possibly having an affair or something to mm -hmm. that effect or whatever, because Carolyn was saying something to, to Buddy about that, about... Wow. Yeah, that's what she had suspected and everything else. So it was definitely very, very strange, the whole situation. And then I later found out afterwards, I told told Nathan, I told my husband when I heard, you know, them over talk. I don't remember the exact verbiage of it right now. Stayed outside the whole entire time with the kids. So I was going back and forth, back and forth. Carolyn seemed super like, like hyper kind of in a way. Okay. Like, but irritated. That was one of the one of the many times that I definitely noticed there was some kind of tension and something between Chris and Carolyn. Did you think that there potentially could have been an affair going on between and Chris? I think there could have been, yeah. But to me, it was kind of strange because she was a very beautiful woman. And I was like, I mean, that's just, I'm sorry if that's mean. And I was like, why? In her interview with Bonnie and Jeannie, Chris and Carolyn's neighbor at the time. I remember at the house, and that was that 4th of July party. He was seeing a woman at work, 
Carolyn told me and then he told me. And she was pretty pissed about it. Mm -hmm. And she invited this woman. And I remember meeting her. But Chris told me that they were very good friends at work and she was going through a divorce and he was helping her. As far as you understood, he was, at, he was having an affair with the woman at work. Yeah. And Carolyn had told you that? Mm -hmm. Did he say anything as far as him having an affair? Did he? No. no. They were just very good friends. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did he ever talk to you about his time in the Coast Guard? No. No? Uh-uh. Okay. Is, is, that, is that finding of Coast Guard or what? what? Maybe I'm having a hard time understanding. My dad was in the Coast Guard earlier in his life. Did he ever talk to you about uh, what he did in the Coast Guard? No, I thought he was military. I didn't know what Coast Guard. Yeah. No. Okay. I don't remember. Uh, okay. I remember only the uh, military part. I could swear to you that he was tactics or something. I don't know. Also, did he ever say how long Carolyn was alive in the water before she died? Once after this bath, I met him for dinner. He asked if I could, but every time he started the subject, I was anxious. I didn't want him to talk about it because, you know, you need to talk about it with a therapist. But no, he never said that. The only thing that he told me is that he kept hearing her voice, and then for a couple minutes, I don't know, maybe, and then he tried to find her, but he couldn't, and he swam for a couple hours. And I remember, I think they found her body maybe a day later or something. He let me know when they found her body. I just don't remember when it was. So did, did you actually know Sarah or did you just know her in passing at work? Yeah, uh, if I know her? Yeah. Well, that's what I said. I saw her a couple of times at all school. I never talked to her in that time because I didn't know her. Yeah. And the first time I talked to Carolyn was at her house. Part of the line. Okay. I think first and only time really to her. Okay. So one thing I thought was interesting when you asked the question about if she knew Sarah in the car, she goes into talking about Carolyn. So I, I think that's just she was confused about who we were talking about. You get her back on track, but I just want to be clear that you had asked about Sarah. She answered in reference to Carolyn. I think she was having a hard time hearing us as well. So I think that's why there's a mix up there. Do you know if my dad was having any type of relationship with Sarah before Carolyn passed away? I don't know that. Okay. No, I, that would surprise me a lot. I, I hope that's not accurate. Yeah. Are you aware that Sarah has a pretty new baby? Yeah, she has, um... When he texted saying that he was going to live with her, or call me, I don't know if he called me after he texted me, he told me that she had three kids and one was like a four month old baby at the time. Three months, I don't know. Was a really, really young baby. Yeah. Do you think that it could be his fault, his kid? I don't know if it's boy. I have no idea. Who knows? I don't know. I hope not. Did you ever hear about him going to Wisconsin after Carolyn had passed away? Don't remember. Don't remember he telling me anything about this. Maybe, oh, you know, he told me he was before hell up there or something. Oh. Yeah, I remember something like that. I don't know if it was Wisconsin, but up north, yes. 
Okay. Yes, I remember something like that. Yeah, that he told me. Yes. He used to talk a lot about buying a friend of him. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, he, and also a friend of him. He's probably mad about it several times. He's still neighbors. Yeah, he's a really great guy. Yeah. Did my dad ever mention anything about an insurance payout after Carolyn died? About what? Insurance payout, like life insurance. No. No, no. He told me that, but he said that he didn't have any problems with money at that time. I think he, he just had sold the house. That house that they have, beautiful house in front of the water. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marillion? I don't know, Marillion, Marillion, right? Is that Marillion where they used to live? Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know. I mean, I would, I would think that he got a life insurance, right? Yeah, I'd assume he does. Did he ever talk to you about what happened to him medically that day? He just told me about hypothermia. That he, when they pull out of it, he actually healed up from the yard. And I guess they called 911 and he had hypothermia. That's the only thing that I knew. I think he had to stay in hospital three days, I don't know. I'm not sure. I know that I talked to him on Monday. Mm -hmm. He like the incident happened on Sunday. Right? Yeah. I yeah, I did. I think it's crazy how she mentioned that my dad told her that he had some type of hypothermia while he was out in the water. Right? Like that, I feel like that's the first time we've heard hypothermia. I mean, we've heard collapsed lungs, water in the lungs, a stroke, and now hypothermia. This is the very first time. It's amazing the amount of things that he had wrong with him, which not all, all seems surprising. Hypothermia would probably be the most believable one, but I do think it's amazing how many different versions he told people. And you wonder what, if any, if he had any of those things. I, I'm not certain he did. Me either. No, the only thing that I remember was the hypothermia break. Okay. You don't remember anything else. Uh, did you ever have more than a friendship with my dad? In our interview with Nathan and Rebecca, who were also neighbors of Chris and Carolyn's at the time, they explain. I don't understand what the big deal was, but I guess Carolyn wasn't supposed to know he was there. But Nathan didn't know he wasn't supposed to say it in front of Carolyn. And we were just hanging out, having a good time, and I just blurted it out. And he said, I said, yeah, when you went to He said, no, I didn't. I was like, dude, yes, you did. We just had this conversation. No, I didn't. Are, are you out of your mind? No, dude, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't, I didn't go there. I wasn't there. Finally, because I've had a few drinks, it clicked. Oh, crap, dude, shut up. Nathan went in to go grab another beer. Carolyn followed him in there and started questioning. On my way back out, before I could get to that front door, the door opened and closed, and Carolyn had me cornered, basically, and said, what are you talking about? What party? Whose house? Okay, yes, you got me cornered. Is this what you want? I'm sorry. And I just, I walked out. And then after that, I literally, I was in tears. I came home and I was bawling because I felt like I had a hand in like ruining part of their marriage because she, I knew she was furious. I could see how pissed she was. And I'm like, I've been married long enough. I know what this means, you know? So I came home and I was a wreck. I, was, I called him crying like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't know. That's uh, a hefty burden though to place on a friend even. Cause like, I you don't yeah, want to I thought though. about it, now I'm angry about yeah. it. I'm like, why would you put me in that position? Yeah. And why would you make me feel that 
bad that I was in tears. Like I feel like I ruined my friend's marriage. And in reality, it's your fault, dude. Your fault. Why weren't you honest with your wife? But no, there was nothing. And then it was just, here's your guilt. And then when Nathan would come out back outside, Chris was, you know, very rude to Nathan. Like Nathan should have known, you know, that yeah. he's not to say something like that. Did you guys interpret like why he was trying to keep it a secret? Was there like, did you guys think anything of it, or you were just like, that's weird? I came to the conclusion that there was might have been some infidelity somewhere mm -hmm. in the marriage because why else would you hide that you're going over to? And it was a woman. Okay. Yeah. Why would you hide from your wife that you're going over to another woman's house? Uh, did you ever have more than a friendship with my dad? Definitely not. Okay. I just want to break into the episode really quick and remind everybody to subscribe. If you do subscribe, you can do it right on the website. All the money from the subscriptions legitimately goes just right back into us solving these cases and really helps us out a lot. So we appreciate it if you can subscribe. If you do decide to subscribe, you can get to see episodes early, uncut interviews, discounts on merchandise, and you get to be part of our private Facebook subscriber group where we have personal Q and A's and you have a little more access to the crew. And you also can watch the episodes commercial-free on our website. Also, please remember to reach out if you have tips on any of our cases. We can absolutely keep you anonymous. There's an email address both at the end of this episode and in the notes that you can reach out to if you do have a tip. AshesToAshTV.com A-S-H-E-S-T-O-A-S-H-T-V.com Thank you for watching, and now back to the episode. Is there anything else that you may know that I haven't asked? Link that 
you're doing this investigation. And then after I received the video, Chris texted me for something. I don't know if, I don't remember. I need to go back on my text. It was something work-related about the resume. Uh-huh. And then he texted me again. We talked to him a little bit. He said that she had approached him and he would approach me. So he was fine. I would talk to her. And then he sent me another video about the news getting old on that. And then after that, uh, shortly after that, Chris texted me a message saying that he changed his number. And I figured, you know, you put two and two together, I figured that because he's probably everybody's trying to reach on him to get the info. Yeah. I haven't made any, honestly, Bree, I haven't, I know he knows that you're conducting this investigation because I saw on YouTube video, there's a comment from Sarah. All right, so I'm sure everyone's pretty clear on this, but when she's talking about Sarah here, uh, obviously Sarah is Chris's current fiance. Saying that it should not be watched by nobody, whatever. Um, so I know he knows. So I didn't want to, I did not even let him know that I knew, you know. I just, I just don't think it's, I mean, I think, I believe that eventually he's gonna ask me, and if he asks me, I'll tell him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just don't want to, I mean, I, seen and heard some things about you and my father uh would you know why everyone thinks that you and my dad were having more than a friendship you know i think that's a very stupid thing that's probably because chris was my friend uh-huh that's ridiculous if that's the case i have a i had an affair with all my ex-boss including women not all men because they're all my friends. Well, one thing that I learned about working at all school uh-huh. is that everybody talks about everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I always try to keep myself away of that. Honestly, probably 80, 80, 80, 80 percent of my friends are guys uh-huh. because I think women is despicable when it comes to gossip. Yeah. And, but I, I have improved wrong after work for all of them. So, honestly, I don't give a shit what people think, because I know who I am. I know that Chris was an incredible friend to me. He listened to me a lot. Uh, he was there for me when I needed. People stupid. He never gave me special treatment. I always had to bust my ass off working for the, for Austin, like everybody else. I never got overtime if not needed. You know, so the only thing that Chris did for me was everything, like every other boss did for me, write a letter of recommendation when I got hired here. Now, if people are gonna think that I had anything with him, that's very stupid. Yeah. If I had anything with Chris, why not be with him right now? Yeah. Why? Why not? Yeah, okay. Well, I was just asking for a confirmation more than anything. That's all I wanted. All of the details you provided me today are help enough, and that's great. And I really appreciate that. 
Thank you so much, and um, I will talk to you later. If you have any other details you might want to share, please feel free to reach out anytime. Yeah, you do too. Okay, you have a good day. Thank you. You too, Bree. Ashes to Ash is created by Ash Patino, associate producer Kate Giordano, co-host production manager Bree, crew members Montana Samuels, Cole Ellers, Victoria Gockler, musical score David Patino. Interviews for this episode include Doug, the owner of the house where Chris came out of the water at, and then neighbors of Chris and Carolyn at the time that Carolyn passed away. Nick, Rebecca, Bonnie, and Jeannie. Follow us on our website for commercial-free content, ashestoashtv.com, A-S-H-E-S-T-O-A-S-H-T-V.com. If you know of a legal activity involving this case, please reach out to your local law enforcement. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook, please go to Ashes to Ash True Crime. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, please go to Ashes to Ash TV. If you would like to give a tip or information, please email me at ashland57 at gmail.com. A-S-H-L-A-N-D-5-7 at gmail.com. We can absolutely keep you anonymous.